Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's stand real quick and we'll pray together and get into his word. Hallelujah. Forever, all of our days. I will love you, God. Father, we thank you and we bless you, oh God, in this moment, in this time. God, we thank you that you're a faithful God, the only true and living God, and we worship you, God, even now, God. We thank you for your divine presence, God, by your spirit. God, we feel you, Holy Spirit, moving in our midst, in our hearts, and in our minds, oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can have your way in this place, oh God. Speak to us, teach us, transform us, do what you want to do in us, oh God. It's your time, God. This is your place, and we're your people, God, and we're here for you. God, we're here to experience you in a very real way, oh God. Somebody needs to be encouraged today, encourage a heart today. God, somebody needs their spirit lifted today, oh God. Lift that spirit today. Somebody's mind needs to be regulated today, God. Regulate minds today, oh God. Somebody needs a miracle today provided, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs a healing today, oh God, in this space, oh God. Heal their body, heal their mind, God. Heal their spirit in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs you in a very real way. God, be God to us today, God. And we thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is truth. Your word is what we need, oh God. Speak to us, God, by your word, oh God, in the name of Jesus. God, we bless you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're getting ready to start on our journey of know to grow. One of the things we talked about early this year is that if we're going to grow as people of God, we got to know God better. We got to know the God of the assignment, the God who speaks. We got to be able to trust him more. And the more we know him, the more we trust him as he takes us to places where we may not even think that we could have gone, but we got to know Jesus. And so we want to get to know him. We're reading a book together. It's called Big Truth for Young Hearts. It's, it's theology that helps us to really understand what we believe and why we believe it. Amen. How did the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit relate? What happens when you die? Just various things that happen about atonement um, so that we can know God and we can be strong in our foundation. And you've heard about it. We're beginning this week, you know, starting tomorrow. We're reading chapter uh, number one. God has made himself known. That's where we will start. And as the the world is mourning, you know, the loss of Kobe Bryant. Um, yes, last week when we got home from church, many of us realized what it, the tragedy had taken place. Um, a lot of us didn't believe it at first because it seemed kind of odd. But when you when you looked and real news, not TMZ, but other news outlets started saying that yes, this is true, many of us were in shock. You know, we were mourning the loss, and I'm always taken back because people who didn't even know him were touched. Right? People who never met the man, never spent a second of their time with him, were touched. Because in a different way, he kind of sat in our living rooms while we watched, you know, the finals or whatever the case. And sometimes we, we don't know people what we feel like we know them. And he even had something called the Mamba mentality, right? We know the Mamba mentality where you constantly try to be the best version of yourself. And in many situations, other people took that mentality. So when you, when you were a killer, you had the mamba mentality that you were going to do what it took. 
And that mindset, you know, took place in many different people. Um, but I, I think we ought to mourn when somebody, even in culture, like a Kobe Bryant or whatever passes, I think we all reflect and, and, and take that time. You know, but I'm also reminded of, you know, does God have the same influence on us? You know, does he have the same influence on us? And for us who really know him, you know, we really should be touched when we see God move. We know God's not dying, but he ought to influence us. You know, that's why he says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You know, God is not seen, but he is very much very real. And we need to understand that. So this will help us. This week we're talking about God has made himself known. And the book talks about two ways that God has made himself known. But there are a couple others, and I'll talk, touch on that next week. But God has made himself known. So as we read, let's read to get to know God. Um, does anybody here believe that I'm in my 30s, that I look like I'm in my 30s? <laughs> Raise your hand. Do you have a book? You good? Anybody else believe I'm in my 30s? Come here, come here. It's for you. God, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. It's for you. Anybody in here sad that the team from Washington is not playing at 6.30? <laughs> Who needs a book? You need a book? You? You need a book? Here you go. It's for you, my brother. <laughs> Listen, I gave two away, but I say this in all seriousness. Uh, somebody has graciously said, I want everybody to partake. So if you were not able to, and this is here, if you cannot afford a book, I'm not saying just because you want to get a book for free, but if you really can't afford it, it's a challenge for you to be able to do it, but you want to read. And I want to say, you, you be committed to reading if you're going to take it. There's a few copies in the bookstore. You can just go and say, I need the Tony special. I need the Pastor Tony special. Uh, and they will get it for you. All right? Amen. God is faithful. We do have some available. You can still purchase. It's an investment. We know that. Please make that investment. But for those who really, really, you know, saying honestly, I, I really, it's, a t it's a challenge for me to do that. We, we'll try to help you out because we all want to stay together. Amen? Amen. Picking up, I'm coming from the book of Joshua. Again, and I will read it for you. And then I'm going to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. So I'm starting with Joshua chapter 1, verse number 10 and 11. And then I will be going to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. Joshua chapter 1 says this. It says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go into the land, to go and to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Now we're going to Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse number 15. It says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, 
redeeming the time because the days are evil. Just for a time, buy it back. Buy it back. Buy it back. You may be seated. You know, when Sister Tiffany referenced Kobe, I was kind of chuckling because I wanted to reference him as well. You know, it's just the way he died and the timing of the death is really what grips you. And as a man, you know, I've talked with other men and it caused us to consider our own lives, caused us to consider our own mortality. Um, you know, is my fi family financially secure if something happens to me? You know, if, if I die tragically, will my family be okay? Are they financially secure? You know, am I spending enough time with those that I love? You know, do, do, does my family, do my children, do they know that I love them? You know, and is it time really for me to change? Is it time for me to be different? You know, and I, well, I ask the question, do I even have enough time to get things done? Am I talking to anybody? Do I have the time to get it done? But as we continue forth as a church that's on assignment, knowing our assignment is this, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom to a new generation. That's an assignment that God has given us. And the kingdom is real, and it is transformative. And I've been saying this, I'm just reviewing. It is real, and it is transformative for our lives. That the kingdom shows that we can be translated from darkness into light. You know what I'm talking about? Darkness to light? From chaos to order? That the kingdom is very real, that Jesus Christ is real. He brought us the kingdom, which shows us that God has made all things well and is reconciling all things. We're not perfect, but in the spirit it's done, and it should be manifesting in the natural. That God is taking us from darkness to light, chaos to order. And the reality is we saw Kobe. That's, that's the thing about Kobe. People saw him. We saw him with, win the championships, right? We saw him drop 81 points on Toronto. We saw it with our own eyes, or at least we saw images of it. Are you hearing? We saw pictures of it. We might not have literally been there, but there was an image of it. There was a picture of it. There was video footage of it. We saw it. We read about it. But the challenge with God is people don't see God. All right? So, so sometimes the impact of God may seem a little bit less or forgotten about because people don't necessarily see God. But 2 Corinthians 3 and 2 says, You are the epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are epistles of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but on tables of flesh, that is, of the heart. In other words, Paul was saying, listen, I don't need a recommendation to come to, to validate who I am, because you are living examples of who I am. You're the work that God has done. And it wasn't me, literally, but it was God working through me. In other words, that people can look at you and see that God exists. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so God, we don't have footage of God. We, we, we aren't around. We don't see him that way. But you and I are actually living epistles, right? People should be able to look at our lives and read our story and tell that God is for real. So we got to look at ourselves and say, what is God doing in my life? <laughs> is, is, is my life story boring? <laughs> Will people be able to hear about the wonderful things that God is doing in my life? Are you following? So we are living epistles, and we got to look at what is God doing in and through me. And in order to, to uh, 
take the kingdom to be manifested in our lives, we got to, one, walk with God, which you've heard. Two, we got to love and serve people. And three, we got to spread the gospel. And doing this to say that we can't just exist here on, on earth. We can't just exist, that we're here for more than that. we got to understand that we've got a greater purpose on earth and that we must prepare ourselves to walk in purpose and to release what God has that placed on the inside of us. It's a shifting of thinking, but we got to be realizing that am I willing to do it in this season? Walking with God requires preparation. We talked about that last week. You can't walk with God if you're not prepared to walk with him. And then walking with God requires provision. That's what he says in Joshua chapter 1, and it's taking our base. They're getting ready to go into the promises of God or what had for them. They see it. They're facing it. They're on the brink of the Jordan. Joshua walks to the people and says, prepare yourself provision for in three days you're getting ready to go into what God has called you to go into, what God has promised you. So in other words, you got three days to get ready. The spies are going to go, and they're going to come back, and then you got three days. So you got to make provision. Somebody say provision. He was talking literally about food. He was talking about animals. He was talking about your jewelry, your cash. He was talking about all of those things. Talking about making provision. And last week, just by way of review, we got to say there's certain things when we look at our provision, we know that we don't need to bring those things with us anymore. We can leave behind fear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You don't need to bring fear with you. If you've got fear in your bag, just go ahead and take it out because you don't need it. The first thing a great leader does is get rid of fear. Amen, Amen somebody. Ask Gideon. God told Gideon, bring 33,000 men out here. The first thing he said was, everybody who's scared can go home. Two-thirds of the people left. That's all right, because if you're not going to get anywhere with people who are afraid. Second thing we need to leave is bitterness. If you're bitter about what somebody did to you, you ain't going to bring that into this new season of your life. You cannot be bitter and stay bitter and stay upset and stay mad about what somebody did. Bitterness will trip you up. That's what Hebrews says. When you're walking, and all of a sudden you're going to get tripped up by something 10 years ago because you're still bitter about it. You're still resentful. Leave bitterness behind. He says leave unforgiveness behind. How many realize that we got to let some things go and let some people go? Come on and hear somebody. They already did it. They already lied. They already cussed you out. They already, they already left you. Go ahead and just let them go. Unforgiveness does not need to come on this journey with us any longer. Selfishness, guess what? You all about yourself? You need to leave that right where it is. In this next season of life, you cannot be selfish. You're going to have to be loving. You're going to have to, to be giving. And selfishness got to stay right where it is. But there's some things that we got to bring with us. First thing we got to do is we got to bring thanksgiving. How many know thanksgiving travels well? That God has already given us some provision, and we got to thank God for the provision that he's given us. He's given us a portion of life, health, and strength. We got to thank God. He's given us the activity of our mind. We got to thank God. We ain't all the way broke. We may only have 10, 10 dimes, but guess what? We got something, and we got to thank God for what he's already provided us. We've also got to take the fruit of the Spirit. How many know that I am not perfect? I'll tell you that right now. God is still working on me, but he has given me some things. I do have a little bit of love in my heart, somebody. I do got a little bit of peace, and I do have a little bit of joy. And so what I have, I got to bring with me. Even though God's going to keep developing me, I got to bring these things with me. 
And finally, we talked about we got to bring the will of God because the will of God is strength for the journey. When you get tired going to where God is taking you, when you are in the will of God, it'll get you up the very next day. The will of God was Jesus's food. That's what he says. I got food that you don't know anything about. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And when we're doing God's will, that'll motivate you. When you're in God's will, it'll keep you pressing on. When you're in God's will, it'll make you put one leg in front of the other and keep on going. When they lie, keep on going. When they steal, keep on going. Because the food of his will will carry you through. The Bible tells us that the wicked will perish, but those who do the will of God will remain forever. If you're in the will of God, you're going to stay. This is what we need to bring with us on this journey. Point number one I want to make here is assignment requires effective resource utilization. Assignment requires effective resource utilization. God doesn't talk about assignment without talking about provision or resource. If you're going to walk with God, that's going to take provision. If you're going to love and serve people, that's going to take provision. If you're going to spread the gospel, that's going to take provision or it's going to take resources. Luke 14, 28 says this, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. In other words, that you're not going to have an assignment without first counting the cost, whether you can finish it or not. Because people might start laughing at you if you start something and don't complete it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You wouldn't go to war without realizing, do I have enough to go to war and actually win? See what I'm saying? So you've got to count the cost. You've got to look at your resources. Major point number two is assignment takes time, energy, and money. Assignment takes time, energy, and money. You don't believe me, do you? If your assignment is to be in a relationship, guess what? That relationship's going to cost you time, energy, and money. If your assignment now was to get married and to be one, guess what? That marriage is going to cost you time, energy, and money. If your assignment now was to be a parent and to raise your children, Guess what? I will testify a hundred times over. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. It's going to cost you money. You want to go to school? Guess what? That's a wonderful thing. But guess what? It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. And it's going to cost you some money. You want to start a business? It's a beautiful thing. Guess what? It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. And it's going to cost you some money. Any assignment is going to cost time, energy, and money. And if your assignment doesn't require much, you got to ask yourself, is your assignment really worth doing? See, but the assignment that God has placed upon this ministry and God has placed upon your life is a very costly assignment. It's going to cost us time, energy, and money. Here it is, major point. God has provided us the proper measure of time. You ever been like me and said, you just don't have enough time? Come on in here. I just don't have enough. There's just not enough time in the day. You know what I'm saying? See, we've got to stop saying that because that's not true. When we say that, we actually dishonor God as though he's failed to give us the adequate time that we need to accomplish what he's called for us to do. We've got plenty of time. The problem is not the time. It's the problem is our utilization or management of the time that God has given us. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and 1 says this, To everything there is a season 
and a time for every purpose under the sun. In other words, time and season could be equivalent here, but it's like we got to know what time it is. It is a time for me to be doing this right now. He said there's a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. There's a time to build and there's a time to tear down. We got to understand seasonally about time. Is it time for me to be doing something? That's number one. See, because a new season requires a new outlook. Whenever you shift into a new season, you have to have a different outlook. You can't take the old outlook into to the new season. So you got to look at your resources differently than you did before because you're entering in a new season. Psalms 90 and 12 says this. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So what the psalmist was saying that, God, we don't really want to know your wrath. We've only seen a tad bit of your wrath. Anybody see? Had God whip you a little bit? Come on in here. Any child of God had to have been rebuked by God, you know. But God, I really don't want you to tear my hind parts up. This is what he's saying. He said, God, I've, I felt you before, but I really don't want to experience your wrath. And so he said, so Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can apply it to wisdom. In other words, help us to count our days. Help us to measure out our days appropriately so that we can be wise in what we're doing. Because we only have but so much time. Talk to me, somebody. And we've got to measure out our days appropriately. I'm teaching around. I just, I'm going to get to it. It's, it's, it's meaningful for us. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 through 6. and want to talk about something here. What does it say? It says, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with this same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Keep going. It says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of, of the men, but for the will. There it is, the will of God. Keep going. For we have spent enough time of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. Keep going. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. One more. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. We can stop here. We talked earlier about the mamba mentality. Remember that? But now he's talking about the Christ mentality. You hear what he's saying? Let the, you got to have this thing that he didn't suffer because of flesh, but he suffered because he was ready to do the will of God. And so we got to live the rest of our time doing the will of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's a new season. So I got to stop doing what necessarily I want to do and stop doing what my flesh wants to do. Come on, somebody. I'll testify. I like doing what my flesh likes to do, but I got to start doing the will of God. You see what I'm saying? We got to do what God wants me to do. That's, that's not easy, but it's what's necessary for us in this season to do what God wants us to do. The second thing he said, he said, you've spent enough time on the wrong things. I like to challenge my young people because I know when I was getting ready to go to college, I wanted to leave my house. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody wanted to get out your house? Even if you weren't going to college, you just wanted to get a good enough job to get you out your house, to get away from your parents, you know what I'm saying? And all their rules that you got to be back by this time. Come on in here, somebody. 
you know, and don't bring nobody over. And you see what I'm saying? Unless I'm home. Come on in here. Where were your parents at? You know what I'm saying? You can't, can't just go in and come out when you want and eat up whatever you want to when you want to. But you had to be accountable. You had to pick up after yourself. Come on in here. You had to take out the trash. You had to wash the dishes. I'm just trying to go to college so I could be a slob. I can just let my clothes be laying all over the place and get up when I want to. 8 o'clock class. Yeah, so what? Okay, I'll, I'll catch that next week. Come on in here, somebody. I'm going to testify and tell on my own self. You know what I'm saying? Don't schedule freshmen on 8 o'clock class. You know we crazy. Come on. You should at least give us 10 o'clock. Give us a chance to make it. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this is what I'm saying. I want... <laughs> because we want to go out and do what we want to do. But he says here, you, you've had enough time to do that already. So see, the time spent that you've already spent doing that is plenty of time. Because you got to understand that the season has shifted. So even though you're 18 years old, God is calling you. You don't need to be getting into all of those things. You, you don't need to be trying to run the women. Come on in here. You don't need to be trying to play all the numbers. I, 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 I'm, I'm a blocky. I'm telling you, you don't, it's time out for that. You don't need to be doing that. The world makes it look cute and fancy. It don't talk to you about disease and, and you're going to die and, and unwanted. It doesn't talk to you about that. But, but there's time out for that. You, you've had plenty of time to do that. The clock is ticked on that. Time out. Stop. Fool. We need to go ahead and just stop right there. See, this is what he said. You have plenty of time to do that. It's time out for that. We need to move on to something else. The chapter's changing. The season has changing. And what would this world look like if it was a generation of young people who really understood that? And that, no, we don't have to be wide and up in everybody's bed to, to prove ourselves and to find ourselves. No, that we can actually live with some discipline and some order. Come on in here, somebody. That we don't got to be drunk every weekend and your friends picking you up and dropping you in your bed because you don't know how you got there and who was touching you and all these kind of places. I wasn't born yesterday. I might look like I'm in my 30s, but I'm older than that. I've been there. Seen it. It's time out for that. When you accept Christ, you got to reallocate your time. And when you accept an assignment, you got to reallocate your time. Because what you do with your time speaks volumes. What you do with your time speaks volumes. Listen, give me your calendar and give me your checkbook and I will have you figured out. What you spend your time on and what you spend your money on will tell me everything I need to know about you. <laughs> Come on and hear somebody. That's why some of us don't put certain dates in our calendar, because we don't want to be found out. Hello. I ain't always been saved. <laughs> I ain't always lived right either. But listen. It tells us something. This is what he's saying. He says, well, I said, he says, they're going to look at you, right? And running wild, you don't run with them no more. See what I'm saying? Because now you're spending your time doing something else. See, you always get high every weekend, but now you're not running with them no more. Anybody ever come out of that situation? People start talking about you. You see what I'm saying? Right? That's what he's saying. They're going to start talking about you. 
Because they're looking at how you're investing your time. See, something's different because your time is, you're not spending hours with us on PlayStation for hours. You're actually in school now. You see? It's different. And people are going to start talking about you. Next point, if you're serious about your assignment, you will invest the time. If you're serious about your assignment, you will invest the time. See, often we struggle because we misappropriate our time. Let's help ourselves. Every opportunity is not worth your time. I'm going to say that to you again. Every opportunity presented to you is not worth your time. Your assignment is too valuable. Every opportunity presented to you is not worth your time. Just because somebody calls you up, mean they'll ask you to go somewhere, doesn't mean it's worth your time. Just because somebody has something else that they want you to do because they don't want to do it themselves, it's not worth your time. Ask Nehemiah. Nehemiah had an assignment to build the wall to keep the people out. He was on the wall working. The people come, say, hey, Nehemiah, why don't you come down because we want to have a meeting with you. Did he come down? No, because it wasn't worth his time. Jesus came out of, the, out of the garden. He was praying and fasting in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible says Satan tried to tempt him. He tried to tempt him and say, if, this, if you're hungry, you know, just turn this stone to bread and eat. Then he says, well, why don't you just go up on this high tower and just jump down? Because the Bible says that he'll give his angels charge over you. But did Jesus go up and start climbing up to that? No, he didn't go up. Why? Because it wasn't worth his time. Every time that Satan tries to tempt you, listen, temptation is a satanic ploy to steal your time. See, when he's calling you at 12 midnight talking about what you're doing, come on in here, somebody. It's a satanic ploy to steal your time. You need to be asleep so that you can get up and do your job. Wow. <laughs> Not coming over. <laughs> Watching TV. Come on in here, somebody. It's a ploy. Every time that Satan's trying to tempt you, it's a ploy to steal your time, to take time away from what you should be doing and to move you on something that you should not be doing because he doesn't want you to complete your assignment because your assignment's going to take time, so he's going to steal it from you and try to tempt you to do something you shouldn't be doing. You should be studying, but we all smoked up. Come on, somebody. We're on the court. I love basketball, but you got to study. Hello, somebody. We do. He wants to steal our time. Whenever you're tempted, you got to ask yourself, what should I really be doing in this moment? It's a tool that I've learned that anytime I'm tempted to do something, I got to ask myself, what should I really be doing in this moment? It may be time to pray. It may be time to read. It may be time to spend time with my wife. It may be time to spend time with my children, but I shouldn't be doing that. Time, 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 time. Whatever we do, it's going to take time, energy, and money. And we got to talk about this thing called time. Moving in into worship, our weekend worship, guess what? It's going to take some time. Coming to church takes time. Our weekend time together is meaningful, and it does take time. Listen, I don't think we got to be in church all day long. Sorry for some of y'all, maybe grew up, you know, holy rollers, so they say you was in church all day long. You know, God bless you. <laughs> you know, I've had some of that myself a little bit, but listen, 
God can do what he needs to do and it don't have to take all day long. Now, I'm not saying that we can't stay here and love each other and fellowship and experience. Listen, if, if the Lord is moving, I will stay here all day long. Trust me. But sometimes he's really not moving. We're trying to conjure him up just to, to, to something to happen. Listen, it, it don't have to take all day long. Listen. Okay. So we're, we're, we're cognizant of that fact. But listen, it does take some time for us to be in corporate worship. And we've got to be able to value the time as part of our assignment. Listen, I understand some people have to work. Yeah, and, and we do, but that's not everybody. You know, we got to be able to come and value this time. Yeah, we're looking at having multiple times because sometimes 11 o'clock doesn't work for everybody, and we'll get there. But we got to value this time. Yeah, we're going to look to stream so that people who are sick and shut in, and maybe somebody we want to say, hey, check this out, they can go and stream, but that don't mean just because you're streaming, you don't got to come to church. You see what I'm saying? That we still got to value this time. We need to invest time in our corporate worship. Listen, I know it seems like I may be preaching to the choir, but we got to get this message out. It's important. When, when the generation is coming in off the streets, when the generation who needs Jesus Christ, when they come into the house of God, there ought to be some people there, hello, somebody, to be able to meet them and to greet them. There ought to be some people there who know Jesus, that hands are lifted in worship. Are you hearing what I say? That they're, they're living epistles about what God is doing in their life, that God is worth glorifying, God is worth it. That's why we're here. We're not stupid idiots that have nothing else better to do with our time. But this is the valuable use of our time. When we come together and we can lift our hands together and corporately and magnify the name of Jesus, when I can give you a hug and you can encourage me and I can encourage you, you've got a word for me, I've got a word for you, you can testify the goodness in your life, we can celebrate together, I can see the gifts being on display, I can hear you sing, I can watch you dance, I can see the goodness of God, our children are being edified, our children are being encouraged, a generation is coming up to know the name of Jesus, those things are important in the house of God. And when people walk through the door, they ought to walk through the door with people who are excited, who've invested the time to be here because this is the place, this is a part of our assignment. We're living epistles. People need to see. We need to be studying the word, even in our, 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 our Wednesday night when we come to, to pray Yes, I understand that everybody can't get here all the time, but we got to be able to get here sometime to be able to pray corporately together. It's important. We got to intercede. We got to be in God's word. We don't want classes with one child in the class. Sometimes I see that. You got a teacher and you got one child. Can a child have somebody else in there, another child, so they can have some energy and grow together? Come on, somebody. We can do this thing. It matters that our children are in the Word, that they're, te- that they're being taught. But we can't just not, not invest the time that it takes. It takes time. It takes time. Building up the body of Christ takes time. Mentoring takes time. Anybody mentored somebody before? If you're going to walk with somebody, guess what? That's going to take some time. Training takes time. Anybody trained somebody before? Guess what? That takes time. Excellence takes time. Anybody realize that? Kobe Bryant was, was you know, he's an example. He'd be on vacation. He called Orlando Magic and said, hey, I'm going to be on vacation. He's in high school now. He said, I'm going to be on vacation with my family. Can I get in your gym? You see what I'm saying? Because even though I'm on vacation, right? I'm going to get a couple shots in here, you know, because I'm trying to be the best that I can be. Excellence takes time. If this facility needs to look good, guess what? It's going to take some time. If you're going to teach a class that's concise and and it's clear and people can understand, guess what? That's going to take some time. If the worship arts are going to be done well, guess what? That's going to take time. If I'm going to preach well, guess what? 
That's going to take time. 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 <laughs> so, Pastor Tony, we hear you. But where am I going to get this time? <laughs> I know that's what you're thinking. Where am I going to get this time? I'm going to add you ask. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. It says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. He says what? Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. That word redeem means to gain or repossess something in exchange for payment. Breaking it down, he's saying, you got to buy it back. You got to buy it back. You got to buy back time. What he's saying is here is that we got to make the most use of our time. And as a body on assignment, we got to make the most use of our time. And if you don't hear anything else today, hear me. You're so special. God has such purpose in your life that your time is valuable. And you as an individual and us collectively, we have to value our time. One thing we can do is we can pray and repent. I don't know about you, but I've had to say, God, forgive me of wasting so much time. God, I repent right now in Jesus' name all the time I spent, God, watching television. God, when I should have been doing something else, God, I repent. God, all the time I spent just playing video games for hours upon hours, God, I, I repent in Jesus' name. God, I repent for all the times I spent being mad at my wife when I should have been talking to my wife in the name of Jesus. God, I repent. Somebody needs to start repenting right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, like Hezekiah, you gave him 15 more years. Oh, God, I pray that you would just give me, grant me some more time, more favor. God, that I can accomplish what you want for me to accomplish. God, I repent, God, when I just sat here lazy, God, wouldn't go to church, God, I repent in Jesus' name. God, I repent, God, when I wouldn't open my Bible, God, to read your word. God, I repent in the name of Jesus. Father, please just grant me some time. Father, I repent when I wouldn't just open my mouth to pray, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. God, I repent when I wouldn't spend time with my children, oh God, when they begged me to come up and just spend some time to throw the ball or to pick them up. God, when I was just too busy, quote unquote, doing all these other things that I really had no business doing. Father, I repent. Repentance will help you get some time back. It'll help you buy it back because God will give grace and mercy to us because we wasted so much time. Father, I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. When I was in sin, oh God, just everywhere but loose, oh God, that you, that you kept me, oh God, and just give me the time, oh God. I need the time, God, to redeem the time in Jesus' name. Second thing, we got to really understand that it is our season, and I'm here to declare that it is your season. And so if it's time for you to be productive, it's time for you to be productive. And the children of Israel were marching around in the wilderness. They were walking in circles because they weren't going anywhere. But that was God's season and time for them not to be going somewhere. But I'm here to declare to you today that you're going somewhere. 
that God has given direction. God has given orders to take you higher. Guess what? It is your season. I'm here to talk to somebody. It's your season for deliverance. Somebody that's been bound and seemed like you've been going in circles. I'm here to declare to you in Jesus' name, the season of circles is over. It's your season for breakthrough. You want to break out of what the enemy's been trying to keep you in? You're going to break out of the stronghold of demonic forces? You're going to break out of it because the power of God is here to take you to your assignment. It's your assignment and your season for transformation, for to be changed from the inside out, where you've been hurt on the inside, where you've been wallowed in depression on the inside. It's your season to move forth into what God has called for you to do. It's your season to be effective in that thing. It's your season to take on another level of grace. It's your season to experience the goodness of God. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is flowing your way. It's your season. You've got to accept it. It's my season. It's my season to change. It's my season for progress. It's my season for movement. It's my season to go up and over, about and around. I don't care how God takes me, but it's my season. Somebody needs to rejoice because it's your season. When it's your season, it means it's your time. It's time to change. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Things are different now. It may look the same, but your season has changed. You got to act differently. Don't wear a short sleeve shirt in the winter when it's 20 degrees. Put on a sweater. But when it gets hot, you got to change that and put on what's now for the season. It's a new season. It's a new you got to capture the season. You got to discern the time. It's a season. It's a season to arise. It's a season to get up. It's a season to move. It's a season to move forward. Ah, it's a season. Somebody's got to understand. There was a time to mourn, but now it's a time to get up. There was a time to weep, but now it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to move forward. You, you had doubts before, but it's a time for expectation. It's a time of faith. My God, it's a time. You got to pivot. It's time to pivot. You got to know when to change. It's a different season. And here it is. Here it is. Here it is. See, when you understand it's the season, see, what are you saying? Ephesians is like, listen, the days are evil. In other words, you got, you got to redeem the time. He's like, well, Pastor Tony, how do you actually buy back time? Well, you don't buy back time. You actually buy back opportunity. You see, because what happens is this. Uh, the opportunity for your marriage to get better is now. See, the opportunity for your, child, your children to come back home, it's actually now. The opportunity for your business to prosper is now. But guess what? The days are evil. The enemy's already laid hands on your family. The enemy's already tried to lay hands on your business. The enemy's already tried to lay hands on your ministry but you can't waste time you got to change time to buy back what the enemy's trying to steal from you the opportunity's here but i gotta buy it back the opportunity's here i gotta buy it back if i gotta cut out some things that i'm doing you gotta buy it back if i can't play basketball five days a week but only two guess what buy it back 
If I got to go from 20 hours of sleep down to 10, guess what? Buy it back. You got to exchange some things, Nika, and buy it back. The assignment is too important. The opportunity is too important. And it's your season. Take your time and buy it back. Invest in your marriage. Invest in your family. Invest in your children. Invest in your ministry. Invest in your church. Take your time and buy it back. When you see it slipping away, you see the enemies grabbing hold of stuff, you got to realize I got to take some of my resources. I got to take my time and buy it back. Spend time with your son. Sit down. Have something to eat. Talk about life. Love on him. Embrace him. Don't push him away. Buy it back. You got to say, Satan, you trying to steal my son. But I declare in Jesus' name, it's my season. And I'll buy it back. Satan, I see you trying to take my husband. I see what you're doing. But it's my season. And I'll buy it back. My God, the church. Say that having the church. The church will complete its assignment. I see what he's trying to do. Try to sneak in here. Try to sneak in there. But we gonna buy it back. Somebody shout, buy it back. Buy it back. It's your season. Buy it back. It can be done. He's powered us. It's possible. All things are possible with Jesus. Buy it back. Put the time in. Put the time in. Put the time in. Reallocate your time to what God is calling you to do. And watch what he does. Buy it back. Redeeming the time. Buy it back. God has given us provision. And one of those is time. Let's not be fools and waste the time that God has given us. But be purposeful. But be intentional. And watch what God does. Buying back what the enemy's trying to steal. That opportunity, we're buying it back with our time. Satan thought he knew who he was going against, but he's a liar. He don't know what God, what God has placed on the inside of us. As we begin to grow and put time in the Word, as we begin to grow and put time in prayer, as we begin to lift our hands and magnify the name of Jesus and be encouraged in the body of Christ, Satan don't know what's going to slap him straight up his head. He don't realize the power that God has placed on the inside of us. He thinks that we're going down for the count. He don't realize that we got enough to buy it back. God has given us provision to buy it back. It's not too expensive. Your marriage is not too expensive that God can't help you to buy it back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see transformation already. We just get this word. I see transformation already. Sometimes you just got to see it coming back. You got to see it like it's on layaway. It's just waiting for you. 
It's just waiting for you to bring it home. You're just waiting for the resources to get it home. But you got enough. I declare in Jesus' name, there's enough. God's provided enough provision for you to buy it back. Yeah. Father, I bless you right now in the name of Jesus. And we open up our hearts to you, God. We receive this word right now in Jesus' name. My brothers, my sisters, oh God, we're buying it back. We thank you for the time, God. We thank you for the resource. God, help us to allocate our time appropriately, not to waste time, oh God, not to be deceived by the enemy, God. But what you've called for us to do in our assignment, oh God, we are on assignment, oh God, and we're going to buy back, oh God, the opportunities that the enemy wants to steal in these evil days. And God, we thank you in advance, oh God. We praise you in advance, oh God. We give you glory and honor in advance for it's being done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give God praise. Give him honor. Give him glory. Amen. While we're still in the spirit of things, we want to make sure that there's somebody here that may need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Is there somebody, you're here today, and you realize that Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross bought you back. He didn't waste time, but he gave his life to redeem you. And I pray right now, if there's somebody who wants to give their life to Jesus, is there one who wants to say, Lord, I confess my sin. I want to be saved today. Is there one that wants to give their life to Jesus Christ? Is there somebody for the first time? Come on down. You want to give your life to Christ? Come on down, my brother. Because I want Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to walk with Jesus. Hallelujah. I see.